The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Music, you know the show. You're listening to Radio Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And of course, uh, you want to know what matters to me, don't you? <laughs> okay, I'll go ahead and let you know. This is the last week of practice football. Last week, no more practicing. You know, no more. Uh, okay, well, we don't really know who our quarterback is. You know, no more. You know, we're going to save the guy for next week. It's about time we start getting our money's worth. Practice football is about to be over with after this week, and it all counts. So this is the last week of practice football, and I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, it's one of those things. I got a, uh, a, a text uh, this morning from my good friend Dan Finn from the Hall of Fame City, also a former Buckeye. And uh, Dan said to me, man, we're about to get some football. Are you ready for some football? Some Buckeyes and some Browns. Now, you know I had to bring that up, you know, somewhere in my conversation. So what I wanted to do is I did, I wanted to just, if you will, I wanted to start off a little bit. I wanted to be a homer on this show today. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about the Ohio State University. And uh, it appears that the Buckeyes are off to a, a good start. Uh, Braxton Miller has agreed to, to move to the wide receiver position. Even though some of my sources tell me that uh, this, this gentleman was actually on, uh, he was on the radar. Uh, he was on the radar of a couple teams uh, at the professional level. And so uh, he had a chance. I mean, you see some of the quarterbacks that are out here now uh, that are competing and, and doing well, if you will, at some colleges and universities. Uh, and then they go to the next level and they struggle. Uh, well, this is a guy who was, uh, again, better at a nice, you know, Division One school um, and uh, has done well. And due to injury, you know, lost his, his starting position. Um, and then, you know, when he came back, he didn't really lose it. It was a competition. He, did, he didn't even participate in the competition. And, you know, what does that say? But does that say anything to you about Braxton Miller's confidence in himself? Or does that say that, you know, Braxton Miller understood the fact that, hey, my chances are better at making at a position that I've never played before in the league if I start my preparation this year? Well, I just so happen to be a person who witnessed that happen in back in 1979. I'm sorry, it happened in 1978. It was my sophomore year at The Ohio State University, and we had a freshman quarterback that was supposed to be the next best thing since peanut butter. 
His name was Art Sleetster. And Art came into the Ohio State University, and I mean, he was it. He was the man. He was the number one crew in the country. And uh, he came to the Ohio State University. He was going to be the saving grace. I don't know what the hell he was saving us for because we weren't doing too bad prior to him arriving. Uh, we had not won a national championship, you know, of recent years, but we were there. And uh, I believe Archie and, um, and Cornelius Green, of course, they took a shot at it a couple of times. I think they came up short. And so it was just a situation where I think it was like maybe nine or ten years that we had won it. And but it was certainly we had competed for it within those couple years. And so Art came in and our star quarterback, Rod Gerald, who had been starting the year before, Rod Gerald was the next he was the next coming to Cornelius Green. As a matter of fact, I remember being on recruiting trips and I would go and I would watch Ohio State play football and, and they would take their starting quarterback out, who was Cornelius Green, and they would put Rod Gerald in. And you would literally, if you went to the restroom and you came back and you didn't know instead of a, a eight, there was a seven, you wouldn't know what, the, you wouldn't know if it was a starting quarterback or not. I mean, I, I, I don't, I, this is no disrespect to the talent of Cornelius Green, but I, these two men respect each other enough to know that really, if one of them went down and the other, we you know, well, Cornelius was a starter, if he'd have gone down and Rod had to step in there, it would have been, we would have been okay. Now, I didn't get a chance to play with Cornelius, but I got a chance to watch Cornelius play. I got a chance to play with Rod. In my freshman year, of course, I played with Rod, and, you know, and we did okay for Ohio State standards. We did okay. Uh, we went to, we, we, we were co-Big Ten champions. We went to the Sugar Bowl, and we played against Alabama. And uh, we didn't do too well. Uh, Ozzie Newsom and the boys showed up. And showed up. And you would have thought, I don't even want to make a reference to it, so I'm, I'm going to leave that one alone. But a storm came through that day. And, uh, you know, they were in control of the game from beginning to the end. And, um, and, and of course, uh, Rod, that was his last game that he played at quarterback. In the offseason, we recruited this guy, Art Sleister. Art came in as a freshman. And Rod Jarrett was moved to wide receiver. Rod was moved to wide receiver. Art was our starting quarterback. Our first game, we played Penn State. And as you all know, very seldom does it happen. But in one game, one game, a man made All-American. And that was, um, I think it was Pete Harris. I'm not sure. Franco's brother. I think his first name is Pete. Pete probably had about three interceptions in that game, national championship game. It was a, 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 a the buildup was, it was phenomenal. They were they just couldn't wait. The television audience could not wait to see this, you know, next coming of you know, I'm going to say Johnny Unitas or no, I'm going to say Joe Namath. The next coming of Joe Namath was Arch Sleister. Here he was. He was going to be the man. You know, he was on the front of Sports Illustrated. They talked about him all around the country, and he was going to replace. An all-Big Ten quarterback. The quarterback that had his team in a position that were national champion contenders, you know, when Roger was a quarterback. But there was a movement, if you will, to kind of move away from what is known back then as the, the option quarterback. They didn't call it so much of a running quarterback. They simply called it an option quarterback. Because most schools who had a quarterback that was extremely gifted athletically, and who could throw the ball, 
they had the option. That that was that was the that was the offense that was run, and so uh, that's what happened. And so Rod Gerald was moved to wide receiver. Art Schleister started at quarterback. Uh, the season didn't go too well, but that's my experience of a quarterback. And in both cases, I think that both of these men were looking at their future opportunities. Uh, again, I, I just. For the life of me, Rod Gerald, you know, in the 70s, this, again, this was 1978, the fall of 1978, it's certainly, you know, you can look back 10 years, 68, and, you know, there was a guy playing in the National Football League, you know, wasn't known as a running quarterback because they didn't, the quarterbacks really didn't run, but he was a scrambling quarterback, and he was damn good. He wasn't real big. Fran Tarkenton. Fran Tarkenton, basically all Fran did was Fran just scrambled to extend the play because he was always looking to throw the ball. Fran just ran all around. Receivers broke their routes. He kept his eyes down the field and he completed passes. Fran Tarkenton, an option quarterback, he comes up to the line of scrimmage. The option is not run or pass. The option is to does he run it or does he pitch it to the running back? And so that was the difference in what Fran Tarkington did. And some people viewed him as a running quarterback, but he basically was a scrambling quarterback, just looking to buy time to extend the play so he could throw the ball. And then, of course, you had a quarterback who the option was either do I keep it in runner or do I pitch it to somebody else? But it's not an option of runner and passing. It's an option of who is going to actually run the ball. You could actually run the ball across the line of scrimmage. Your tailback follows you down. And at the last minute, when somebody finally grabs you, you pitch it to him. Seen some of the greatest plays run carried out just like that by Cornelius Green and Archie Griffin. And, of course, Rod Gerald. And Ron Springs, God bless his soul up in heaven, but, you know, Ron did a, a tremendous job running the option as the tailback. And Jeff Logan, my homeboy, too, did a great job as, as Rod's tailback. But the whole point I wanted to make is what do you think about 888-346-9144? If you are a college student, and see, this is a lot of times where, you know, the, the waters kind of get muddied. Because you got a kid, a young man, not a kid, but a kid in the you know, sense of you know, my age and what they are now. Here's a person who's looking to extend his future to play in this game. But we act as if we're not under, we don't understand as to where the, the waters get muddied and where there's the overlap between college and pros. And the fact of the matter is, you know, hey, th this is where the pool of resources come from. The talent is developed at, you know, this is a farm league. So if you're going to develop a talent to get ready for the majors, then if you're a person that plays a position and you know what's going to happen to you in the future, if you want to extend your playing days, then you want to be in a position where you're better suited for the position they're going to play you at, at the next level. Tim Tebow, for some reason, he doesn't get this. There's two people I just spoke to you about. Roger did it and Braxton Miller's doing it. Tim Tebow didn't get this. Tim Tebow just would not. Tim Tebow, first of all, does not have the talent to play wide receivers like these two men do. But I think these two young men probably should have been somewhat bullheaded like Tim Tebow and certainly at least not give up on your senior year to play wide receiver. But then again, maybe it makes better sense because now you're not going in for the first time lining up in professional football, playing a position that you've never played before. Now, you're probably asking me, 
right now because you haven't called in yet. But you're sitting there saying to me, Ray, how in the hell can you say that? You never played strong safety before. Okay, you're right. You're right. I give that to you. But strong safety and corner somewhat similar. Wide receiver and quarterback? Because <laughs> no. when you watch, again, the Ohio State University's version of hard knocks, one of the things Braxton Miller talks about is, no, this is completely different than anything I've ever done. See, I mean, if nothing else, he, if you run a nine route, which is a go, which is a bomb, you know, and you got to come back to the next play. You got to run back to the huddle for one, trot back to the huddle, get in the huddle, and then you might have to run a nine again. So, you know, there's a whole lot of difference in the two positions and how they're carried out on the field. But we're going to talk a little bit more about that because I really want to find out what the hell is going on in Tim Tebow's head. I mean, really? I, I, I just I really just don't get it. And I'm a little upset about what Chip is. That's, somebody else could have been spending that time on that roster to perhaps maybe get a chance to make the team. But I tell you what, we're going to take a break. I'm having a lot of fun. 888-346-9144 if you want to join the call. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And uh, what matters to me is no more, you know, practice football. Practice. We're talking about practice. No more practice football. 
These guys are about to play it, you know, when it counts, what it counts for, what it's all about. It's about the 50th. Can you believe this? The 50th Super Bowl is going to be played in San Francisco. Man, it's 50. Well, um, I'm, you know, I, can, I guess I can remember. I, I really don't remember the first, the second, the third, all that. I didn't pay much attention to because I was a couple years old. But I was alive. But I'm certainly hoping and praying I'm alive for this 50th Super Bowl. And I want to be there. And so, listen, guys, it's enough practice. It's enough practice. But what we're doing, I'm going to go back and talk a little bit more, and then I want to close it out. But, I, I, you know, I would be interested in knowing, you know, because... <laughs> I just look at Braxton Miller, and I, you know, I truly thought he had some talent. That was just Braxton Miller. Players so many times, a great player, a good player, a team player, is really willing to make sacrifices for his team. And, and you have to do that. That's, those are some intangibles that carry over in life. I'm, I'm really glad Rod did it. I'm really glad that, 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 that Braxton Miller is doing it. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm asking the question of why, but at the same time, I'm glad because it says something about the person. Because it's, it's, it's just a matter of, okay, am I going to be selfish? Or am I going to be one I'm going to contribute to the team because the coach has assessed this? And, and I just came from a training camp, a camp we had this summer. And I was, you know, here at this camp, and I, I was witnessing something that was that I felt was amazing to me, and and I what was amazing is that they had all this talent, and it was it was some I mean, I'm gonna say a lot of talent, and it appeared to me that the talent evaluators were a little hesitant to put people in a position where they could succeed at, and it may they may succeed in such a way that may be more beneficial for the individual than it be may be for the but at the same time that they excel, it brings exposure to the team. Now, sometimes when you are involved in athletics at a young age, your job, of course everybody wants to win, but your really true job is to develop talent to help these young men extend their opportunities to play sports beyond just high school. I mean, I remember in high school, I was six foot and, and I weighed like 175 pounds and I played wide receiver and our guards were 5'10", 165. I'm, I'm six foot, 175, playing wide receiver and corner and we got middle linebackers, you know, 5'10", 165, who then on offense would play guard. Shout out to Kenny Bailey. Johnny Ramos, Tito, Eric Llewellyn, you know, these are guys back in the day that, you know, we had a football team and we had a coach that understood that, listen, we're going to put the talent in a position where they can contribute at the highest level to the team. And it may be that, you know, somebody else who may be smaller, their bodies and their athletic talent just doesn't fit that position. So let's put them in a position where, okay, they want to be aggressive and, and they're going to hustle and, and they're going to do what's best for the team. That's what I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about Roger. I'm talking about Braxton Miller. I'm talking about The Ohio State University. When I look at a young man that's willing to make a sacrifice for the team and for himself. See, the coach, the coach didn't say, okay, well, what the coach did say about a couple guys, and you're going to compete, and one of you guys is going to sit on the bench. But I'm going to move somebody else to a position they're going to play. 
but you know, I got I got to have both of you guys here anyway because of the simple fact that you know, you 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 know that um, you know what's going on is if somebody goes down and it's not like we haven't experienced it, one of you guys could possibly go down. I do have to have somebody else who you know as a backup that's been playing quarterback you know all the year, you know throughout the year who's you know knows the plays and who's ready to go in. You know, next man up. I got to have two of you at least. But at the same time, you know, I believe that, hey, uh, we have to, you know, have a good wide receiver as well. We've got to have two people. We've got to have two good quarterbacks, but we've got to have a wide receiver. And guess what? If it just so happens that one of the quarterbacks go down, then Braxton can move back to quarterback and back that guy up or maybe even compete. But all I'm asking is for us to stop this silly game of thinking that college level is not for the purpose of developing talent for the next level and that these young men are not thinking about if they could possibly play the next, in the next, at the next level and that these young men aren't doing everything they could do to focus so that they're ready for that next level. I'm going to ask them just to do one thing, and I'm just going to go off script right here. I'm going to ask them to do something that a lot of us didn't do in our generation. Keep your eye on the prize. The prize is you came there to get your degrees. Make sure you continue to do that. Some of us had to wait, you know, years later to go back, you know, try to work on and finish it. Some of us got it, you know, you know, right during that time. You know, some of us never got it, whatever. Whatever your situation may be, keep your eye on that prize and make sure you get that. So now I want to go and uh, I want to change the subject a little bit. I, you know, that, that, I said I jumped off script there for a second, but now I want to get back to my script. Will Smith. Hey, Will Smith. That's right, the Fresh Prince is no longer a Fresh Prince. You know, he's no longer worried about, you know, hey, he got some, you know, he know he, he needs some new Nikes, you know, because he, he got a new pair, you know, basketball courts, you know, he had girls that, you know, you know the song. Summertime. Well, there's something that happens in the summertime that Will Smith has taken a tremendous amount of interest in, and that is that football starts. And Will Smith has taken a tremendous amount of interest in football through a movie called Concussions. Now, I got to say, I got this trailer sent to me yesterday. Shout out to Al Gross. Uh, I knew about Shout out to Jamie. Uh, I knew about it because I think it's Jamie Howe. No, 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 Jamie. I'm sorry. It's Jamie. It's not Jamie Howe, but it's Jamie, uh, who actually is a former player uh, out of Pittsburgh, who uh, I was attending a conference with him up at Babson College. And uh, Jamie uh, shared with me the fact that he had been working with Will on this project and that it was going to be released sometime soon. And lo and behold, it's going to be released Christmas. Of 2015 and uh, of course uh, Will Smith is uh, doing a film and he's got some good people in there with him and Will's a hell of an actor I saw the trailer uh, I have to say that the trailer made me nervous because the trailer actually shows one of the players a former player, and this, 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 oh man, this movie is based upon a true story. In the trailer, it actually shows one of the players, a former player, uh, laying in his bed, reaching over and grabbing a pistol. 
I think I certainly know the results, and I'm sure, you know, many of you probably know the results. I'm sure I know who that player was. I haven't seen the, the complete movie. The trailer didn't acknowledge who that person was, but I, I, I know who the player was. Uh, it's going to be a good movie. It's, if it's based upon a true story, there's, there's facts there. This is, this is not um, anything that's going to be um, in the theaters that's, that's fictional. This is based upon history. And it's that time of year. It's summertime. And in the summertime, young men are out playing football every day. They're preparing themselves for a season to come up. Like I said, practice is over with, but a season is about to start. It's the 50th Super Bowl season for the National Football League. Uh, it'll make it this extremely special. I think it's not ironic that they decided to wait to the 50th year of the Super Bowl to release the movie. I don't know if the movie was ready to go last year, but certainly, you know, this year in the National Football League, uh, it's already off to a, you know a very interesting start. Uh, with Deflategate, um, and by the way, Deflategate, I don't know how many of you saw uh, Hard Knocks with the Houston Texans, um, but you probably saw a, uh, a segment of it where there were a couple guys sitting down, and they they had footballs on their laps, and they were, I mean, they were rubbing them to death, trying to take some of that shine off them. You know, why is that? They allow them to. Why can't they just make the balls to... A standard of which they don't have, but you know. So, so here's what I'm saying to you about the footballs. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, just, I'll get back to it. But I just want, no, let me, let me go to that later, as I'm supposed to, because, because I got sidetracked. So let me stay in the concussion. I'll get back to the flake gate. But certainly, it's the summertime, and so what I want to say to you is, I want to say to you, young men out there, that are in, let's say, high school. Uh, you're in high school and you're playing, and you're in Pop Warner and you're playing. And you're in college and you're playing. You're not professionals. You are still being trained to play the game at the highest level and to hope, they one day, hope that one day you may become a professional. So you have to be extremely careful. Don't bad habits. Try to rid yourself of all the bad habits you possibly can, particularly when it comes to head-to-head -head collisions. You're, you're closer to playing street football, not even Pop Warner. You're closer to playing street football than you are playing pro football. When you play street football, we call it street, but you don't always play on the street. Sometimes you play in the grass and you tackle. You tackle. That's what I'm trying to say to you young men out there. You, you know how to tackle. Stop hitting. I'm not condoning hitting anymore. In fact, I'm going to be an advocate for tackling. You play tackle football, you have no equipment on, I don't care how fast the runner is, you can tackle him and get him down on the ground. Now just imagine playing tackle with all this equipment you have on. You can tackle him. Don't hit him. Don't hit him with your head. Don't hit each other with your head. You can come off the line of scrimmage too. You don't have, you can lead, come out with your arms, pushing. I don't care what they say, just do it. You can do it. Push him out the way. You don't have to hit it. Don't, don't no more head to head, head to head collisions. No, you got to play it safer. It's not worth it. The hell with what they say. I didn't know, but I'm telling you now. I know, it's not worth it. And so protect yourself. Play the game safer. You can still have fun.
and you can still make it very entertaining for me. I, I want the game to be entertaining, but I want you to be safe. And I want to know, I want you to know that when I had a microphone, I told you what to do. So I won't feel bad when I see you later. And hopefully you won't feel bad when you see me later because I'll be in, in good shape. I certainly hope so. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We're going to talk about the flake gate when we come back. It's still going on, man. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spies her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. You bet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at youbet.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Right, you hear the music, you know the show. Listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me is this is the last week of practice football. No more practice football. It'll count. It's for the real deal. Uh, people will get paid to entertain us uh, at the highest level. They no longer have to be concerned about uh, not playing because they might get hurt. Uh, that you know, that's not, you know, that stops. Once the season starts, <laughs> that I'm, I'm kind of chuckling a little bit about it because, you know, during the season, what we really are telling the guys, we don't care if you get hurt during the season because it's, it's a game that matters. So at least you're competing for a purpose. So if you get injured, that's okay. But during preseason, the only purpose is to us to evaluate your talent. And we already know what talent level some of you are performing at so we really don't want to risk you getting hurt so you don't have to play much but it's okay if you get hurt during the regular season and I just thought that was quite interesting so I said it (laughs) because I just got finished you know in the segment prior to uh, talking to you about health and safety particularly in head-to-head collisions Uh, the great movie that will be out uh, Christmas Day 
and I'm gonna say it's a great movie because it's it's great to me because I, I to me it's paying homage to some dear friends, Andre Waters, Dave Dorson, you know, personal friends. Dave Dorson, as a matter of fact, when you when here's something I will say to you, uh, there's part of the movie of which I don't even know about. Because uh, I haven't seen a screening. I, I hope to maybe get a chance to catch a screening of the movie. Um, shout out to Charlie Mack. Um, but I hope to participate in a screening or, you know, a premiere. Um, because I've told the story. It's out there online. Uh, you know, it was, a, it was a, I think it, it was a Thursday. I know it was a Thursday. Uh, it was a, a, a Thursday um, around noon our time. Uh, here in Phoenix, Arizona, um, Dave Dorson was supposed to be doing his show live, and Dave was not on the air. And I remember walking into the uh, engineering room back there. The guys back there probably listening to me right now. And and I remember uh, turning to Randy, uh, perhaps maybe uh, Randy or maybe Jason, uh, one of the brothers, Randy or Jay. And uh, you know, I asked him, "Hey, guys, you know what's you know is that?" That's Dave's show, but that, that is that a rerun? And the reason why I knew because I'm in the office and I listen to the shows as I'm you know as I'm working, um, and I've been on Dave's show many times, so I also knew that I had heard the material, and I asked if well how'd you guys run the replay? Did he call you and suggest? And they said no. They said what happened is he did not call us in, so we automatically just ran the replay. Now, I've told this story, and I'm going to tell it again like, like I always tell it, is that there are certain guys who are probably, you know, doing their shows, and they're probably off doing something else. Dave Dorson was not that kind of guy. Dave, Dave would always take care of his business. So Dave would always, if he was going to have an issue, he would always call me. And, and he did not call me. So because he did not call me, I was a little concerned. So I called him. Now, for those of us in this modern technological age, we understand in the cell phone that if it rings throughout the entire cycle, then that phone is on and it's working and it's not off and nobody forced it to, you know, the recording to let you to voicemail. So it rang all the way through. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. That Dave doesn't scream my calls. So then what I did is I decided I would, you know, shoot him a text. And I, I kind of, you know, uh, and God forgive me for using the word. I should, you know, I sent him a text. And so when I, when I sent the text to Dave, um, I told him he's my fraternity brother. We call each other frat. Those out there who know about Omega Sci-Fi, whoo, you know all about that. Omega Sci-Fi to the day I die. Uh, Dave, uh, I, I shot him a text and I said, hey, frat, you know, I'm just checking in with you, man. Um, I called you. I was listening to your show. Sound like a replay. I, called your cell phone and it rang all the way through so I thought I'd send you a text uh, because Norm if you want you weren't going to do a show you called me and asked me to do a replay and you didn't so I hope everything's okay there are a number of other guys that would do shows with me and I would never ever end that text with I hope everything is okay but because I knew that Dave was that kind of person that would handle his business that's why I Send that text. If you can go to AT&T, whoever it is, they can pull that text up. You'll see that text. I hope everything is okay. I had no clue, no clue whatsoever in the world that I have 
that I would go home that Thursday night. Anybody who knows me knows I have pizza night with the family. So I didn't expect that uh, Dave would call me because Dave knew I had pizza night. But I did expect that I probably would, you know, maybe get a text from him explaining to me why he wasn't on the show. And, and I didn't receive that. So when I woke up the next morning and I come into the office, I plopped down right, up, right at about 8.55, 9 o'clock, Arizona time. And I get a text from our good friends in Philadelphia. And I'm thinking, wow. I turn, look at the text, and it says, Ray, sorry to hear about Dave. I hesitated for a second. I did not text the person back. I did not call the person back. I Googled Dave Dorson. I got on my computer and I put Dave's, I logged on to Google and I typed in Dave Dorson. And, well, you know the rest. Former Chicago Bear Dave Dorson found, yeah. So that, that's, uh, that's how that happened for me. That's how I found out about Dave. That's why this movie will be so interesting because when they address Dave Dorsey, and I'm sure Dave will be addressed in the movie, that's a part that you probably won't see. You probably won't address that. Um, I, I'm not asking. I, I'm, I just, I'm just sharing this. Why it's, it's going to be hard for me to watch this movie, but at the same time, I have to watch this movie. Uh, Andre Waters... One of my best friends in life, Dirty Waters. Uh, I got a real funny story about Andre, and it's about me, uh, me finally getting a decent paycheck from the National Football League. And uh, it, it is so funny because Andre, Andre was a character, and you mean I love him to death. You know, I think I may have his picture on my refrigerator. Uh, but you know, <laughs> you know we as National Football League players back in the day, uh, there was no real competition, you know, for salaries uh, and earnings because um, it was collusion and compensation. They just paid everybody the same thing. If you were first-round draft pick, this is what you're going to get. Second round, this is what you're going to get. Third round, you know, through 12th round, that's what you're going to get. And, uh, no, you know, we thought we were going to be somewhat of some kind of free agents, but, you know, nobody was competing for other people's players. So when we finally did get something similar to that, where there was supposed to be, you know, an open market, you know, thank God for the USFL, uh, you know, and for the, you know, 1982 strike, you know, when we went on strike in 82, uh, what we did is we, uh, we asked that the owners would open up their books. Uh, we didn't know they had several sets of books, but they do. They did. And we wanted them to reveal you know, how the money was being spent and who was getting what. You know, they always, you know, would, would negotiate with us in such a way that, you know, hey, there's, there's no more money in the coffers. This is it, man. It's bare empty. We, we don't have any more to give you. We're only giving this guy this much amount of money. How can we give you? You know, he's the quarterback. He's the running back. He's the superstar. You know, like, really? Are you serious? 
Now, I'm coming from Canton, Ohio, the Hall of Fame city, seeing so many pro football players play the game as they come through the game. The Hall of Fame game comes through there, so different teams come through there. So I see everybody. And I'm thinking, man, these guys, I mean, come on, they're celebrities, they're superstars, they're athletes, they're millionaires, right? Ha, ha, ha. (laughs) Wow. Did I, was I in for a rude awakening? Did I get a rude awakening? I mean, our, our first round draft picks in 1981, 1982, up to 1983, got $70,000. That's what they made. The first round draft pick got $70,000. I don't care what position you made, what position you played, you got $70,000. That's what they got in 81. That's what they got in 82. 83 had changed because we went on strike in 82. But anyway, so so Andre, you know, after we got, and I got a little, you know, a little contract. So Andre comes in and, and I come in the locker room, you know, and I kind of like to take my time and like get in the locker room. And so I get in there and the fellow's already sitting in the, in the in the film room. And so I go to sit down and, and Dre, who's a comedian, just, hey, hey, Ray, Ray. You know, Andre got a little country voice. So Ray, Ray, hey, man, did you get such, 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 such? I said, man. What are you talking about? Really, Andre? Come on, man. Heck no. He said, oh, so you didn't get such, such, and such, and such, and such, and such, and such, and such. I'm like, no. I ain't get, no, hell no. <laughs> he said, see, you lying. Because the sheet came out this morning. <laughs> and the sheet was the uh, information of which every player was making on, on your team and throughout the league. And Andre had the sheet in his hand with my salary on there and, and what I got for signing bonuses and all that. So it, it was just funny uh, because Andre, we do you like that. You know, he was just he was really a comedian and, and we enjoyed him and loved him to death. And uh, again, I'm sorry for the words I'm using. I got to ex- expand my vocabulary. But, uh, you know, just man. And then, of course, my, you know, Andre. You know, who was a, a corner like I was at Ohio State. He came into the, out of Cheney University. He came a free agent for the Eagles and he was a corner. And then after, you know, Buddy Ryan, you know, decided that he didn't want me to play strong safety for him, uh, he drafted, well, we had drafted Evan Cooper. He put Evan Cooper in there. That didn't work. He inserted Andre Waters in there and he had his strong safety he wanted because it wasn't me. And I, of course, was off to Cleveland. Uh, there's some more about Andre that I'm going to share with you. Uh, because it's just, again, it's something I'm, it's a true story, so I gotta look at how Andre's portrayed in the movie. But, uh, this movie is gonna be a special movie. So, I'll talk about it just a little bit on the other side. Uh, but I'm also gonna talk about the Flake Gate, because it's still, I'm still practicing. If they're gonna practice, then I'm gonna practice. And I'm just gonna practice for, for the regular season. Because, you know, this here football, <clears throat> this football, <laughs> really? This ain't no football. This is practice. So I'm just practicing. And I'm going to practice some more. We're going to take this break. And then afterwards, I'm going to practice some more. And then next week, well, not next week, but the week after that, we'll stop practicing. And then we'll do it right here on Voice America Sports. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We're going to take a break. We'll come back for that last Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a 9-horse field, but really there are 7 donkeys and 2 zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Music, you know the show. You listen to Real Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And of course, what matters to me is practice is over with after this week. No more practicing. This is the big boys' time to get ready to play football, and it's time to start practicing and get ready for the real deal. Get ready to participate in the best Super Bowl ever because this is the 50th Super Bowl is going to be in San Francisco. Tell you what, man, the game, I hope it lives up to the festivities leading up to it. There's so much going on already. Um, I was in Canton, Ohio, of course, uh, my hometown for uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame's greatest weekend. They acknowledge the fact that they're going to expand Hall of Fame Village to the tune of about $500 million. Shout out to Dave Kirvin and all those other union members back there who I am for you guys. Fellas, you deserve to work. Get it. You supported us. You were there when we needed you in 82 when I was on strike, 87 when I was on strike. You were there on picket lines with us. That Hall of Fame, that Pro Football Hall of Fame is all about union members. It's, it, it, it's a museum of union members. Why the hell should anybody other than union contractors build that thing? So I'm for you guys, and I hope you work. You guys work that out. You got a good friend there, and, and, the, and the mayor of Canton, Ohio, and of course uh, the deputy mayor uh, Canton, Ohio. So um, Jamie and Fonda, you know. So here's what I want to say going forward. Let's talk a little bit about the Flake Gate, really. Okay, I, I, I shed a little light to you guys 
on Hard Knocks. If you watch Hard Knocks and you paid attention, there was a time where there were the ball boys were in the locker room. And they were in the locker room and they were rubbing the balls down. Now, all I'm trying to say to you people out there who think that there's nothing really to do, what does deflate gay have to do with it? Okay, if you go buy a football, how many of you have gone out and bought a football and then gone into your, I don't know, wherever the hell you want to go and just rub the thing down to get it to the right texture so you can throw it better? I am telling you, the deflate gate of which everybody thinks is nothing, it's something because for the bottom, for the, I mean, for the purpose of just understanding, what do you do that's meaningless in your life? Everything you do, you do with a purpose. There had to be a purpose of letting the air out of the balls. There was some significant benefit for Tom Brady, else he wouldn't do it. Why do they rub the balls down? Because the quarterbacks don't want the balls shiny and slippery. So they do that and they allow them to do it to a certain degree. And it's accepted practice. If it goes beyond the limits, according to the agreement, it's a foul. These people simply get caught. So there is now there is penalties, consequences to your actions. You can't just, sometimes you can't just let a guy go. It happens to us all the time. We drive down the highway. I get that. But let's not, whatever it is, let's do it, address it, and get it over with. But we can't say that it's nothing there. It is. It's rules. It's regular. It's a penalty. Don't you, don't you, you ever watch a football game and it's pass interference and they don't call it? Aren't you pissed? Did the referee really miss that? Really, ref, you missed that pass interference? Holding. You ever, you ever see that? When it's holding, aren't you pissed when that happens? When it happens to your team, the other team holds your team, he doesn't sack the quarterback, or he can't make a tackle because somebody holding him. Doesn't that bother you? Okay, well, this is a foul. It's part of the rules of the game. Do not let the air out of the damn ball because it gives you an advantage. And if it doesn't give you an advantage, you don't do it. Okay? All right, so, okay, I'm a, all I just wanted to do is just address it. Whatever the penalty is, doesn't give it to him. Get it out of our course. Anybody who's in our courts, that means there's, if there's a judge, an elected official, or an appointed official that we paying him for, we don't need to be paying him for no damn football. You got to collect the bargain agreement. Whatever the collective bargain agreement says, just do that. Now, if somebody else doesn't in turn understand the interpretation of the collective bargain agreement, then you got to have an arbitrator. Okay, let the arbitrator sit there and do it and get it over with. But somebody make a damn decision because the season starts next week. We ain't practicing no more. We're about to play. And we want to know if we're going to prepare for Tom Brady or if Tom ain't playing. We need to know. Okay. Now let's move on. RG3. Is he, I mean, really? Is RG3, is he out of D.C.? I think he is. I think he is. Listen, there is such a thing. You know, there's a reason why coaches and teams spend so much time evaluating talent. Because there is a, there's a certain amount of things that go into making a decision on a player that if you don't make the right decision, it could be, it could be disastrous. There, there, there's a certain type of person that you need to play football at every position. And there are some intangibles that go along with every position. These people have to have those intangibles as much as they have to have that visible talent and strength and intellect 
and, and, and structure that you see. All those things that you see that are visible. There are some things that are invisible that you don't see that must exist within that person. And if, the, if it doesn't exist within that person, then you're going to have some problems. Because what's going to happen is that person is going to be lacking something that you need to be successful. Every team is different. But the teams that win, you always hear them talk about, you know, family. You hear them talk about chemistry. You hear them talk about, you know, personalities, you know, how we get along on and off the field. Any time that I've won at any level, I can go back and you can look at the team and you can just, you know, you can have a conversation with those people that were part of that team. And, and at that time, there's something special about that team, how they bond as that team. There's, there's something special about it. And then you can look at the teams that don't win and you can find out there's something that's just, there was something missing. There was an element of something that was either tangible or intangible that was not there. And when it's there, you know it. It's almost like a player being in the zone. When you're in the zone, you know it. When you're not in the zone, then you know you're not in that zone. Right now, I think the best thing that can happen for the Washington Redskins is they do need to, to just Go ahead and just, hey, you go your way, RG3. Wherever you got to go, you go. And the Washington Redskins will remain. And if Cousins is going to be the quarterback, that's fine. But the Washington Redskins, with, with the administrative staff that they have at the coaching level, and RG3, they're not going to, not only are they not going to win a Super Bowl, they're not going to win. It's just like oil and water. It just, it just it, it doesn't mix. Look at quarterbacks. Look at look at linebackers. You know, look at receivers. Look at skill position players because you see them more communicating with the coaches, even at the head level or even the position level. You see chemistry. Chemistry can be seen, and lack of it can also be seen. You know, look at players' chemistry. It can be seen, and a lack of it can be seen. There is something that's missing with the Washington Redskins. Go to the Washington Redskins and go to those back in the day. Joe Theismann, he'll talk to you about the chemistry of the team. Art Monk, he'll talk to you about the chemistry of the team. John Riggins, he'll talk to you about it. Mark May, he'll talk to you about it. Don't ask Mark May, please. <laughs> Mark May, you know, we had this Buckeye thing going on with Mark May. But there is just some chemistry, an element of chemistry that's certainly missing with RG3. And, and then not only that, RG3's talent, all aspects of it, knowing the playbook, executing the playbook, chemistry, all that, they're, in, they're off balance. Other people coming in running the same place that he's running, and they're running them successfully. And they're making yards, they're moving the ball down the field, they're completing passes, they're running, they're scoring. The team chemistry is much better when RG3 is not in there. RG3 is not the quarterback at this time for the Washington Redskins. Does he have talent? Yeah, he's got talent. He's got raw talent. He needs to be in the right system. That system is not the one that the Washington Redskins are running today, nor are those coaches the best thing for him. I'll tell you what, I had a great day-to-day -day practicing. We're going to keep practicing next week again, and then we're going to start some big boy radio shows here, just like they do on Sundays, because they're going to stop practicing, and it's game time, baby. All right, you've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. 
thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.